Welcome to Rogue News. We are the preeminent geostrategic, geoeconomic, and geopolitical news show on YouTube and on the web. Join us for hard-hitting analysis, behind-the-scenes strategy, and brutal commentary. Find out why many consider us the place to get their news and information. Check us out at roguenews.com. Follow us on Twitter at Real Rogue News, Facebook, and most of the popular podcasting apps. Most of all, remember to subscribe, like, comment, and share. Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, folks. We have with us the man of the hour who needs no introduction. It is the one and only Harley Schlanger. You can find him at LaRoucheOrganization.com, TheLaRoucheOrganization.com, as well as the SchillerInstitute.com, SchillerInstitute.com. He is the most wanted man in all of the Ukraine. He gives Zelensky nightmares. And on a daily basis, he is pissing off parliamentarians in Brussels and D.C. and globalists all around the world. He is the one and only Harley Schlanger. Harley, welcome back, my friend. Good to be with you, V. How's that for an intro? That's a good one. <laughs> I'm trying, Harley. I'm trying. You know, my mother always says I'm very trying. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a good way to be. It is a very good way to be. But I'm not. I'm not half the troublemaker you are, Harley. What is going on? What is the latest? What's happening in the world? Well, I think the best way to sum it up is that we're in a midpoint in what's going to be a long operation in Ukraine. Yeah. And the media attempt to portray this as a major breakthrough. <laughs> well, it's it's part of the part of the cheerleading for Zelensky and the attempt to uh, wheedle more money and more arms out of the, the NATO allies. Uh, but you know the other thing that, that's really on my mind right now is looking at the situation in the United Kingdom, where you have Charles the third now who is an incompetent, muddle-headed killer. I mean, he is side by side with people like Mark Carney, with uh, Klaus Schwab, and others pushing for not just the Great Reset, but for radical population reduction. That was his father's cause. I don't know if it was the Queen's cause, but it certainly is Charles's cause. Now, in the meantime, he's coming into power where you have an unelected uh, Prime Minister, Liz Truss, remember, she was less than 100,000 people voted in the Tory uh, choice to replace Boris Johnson. Uh, this in a country of 60-something million. That's hardly democracy. Uh, she's incompetent. She, she talks about being proud that she has the finger on the nuclear button. But the you know, my, my heart goes out to the people in the United Kingdom, but I can only tell you, you'd better start fighting. We need a republic there because this unelected monarchy with the unelected prime minister, with the unelected city of London bearing down on you, uh, doing bailouts of the uh, derivatives traders at the same time, your democracy is limited to whether you can choose to heat your home or to eat, but you can't do both. So, you know, we're, we're heading into very, very turbulent times. And I know you and I have been talking about turbulent times for quite a long time, but it keeps getting more and more turbulent, doesn't it? You know, just when I thought it can't get any worse, Harley, it gets worse. I mean, Switzerland, they are passing a law, the, the land of chocolate and watches. 
is passing a law stating that if your thermometer it, during the winter time is set above 66 degrees, you could be fined and or go to jail for three years. This is insane. I've also heard, if you want to touch base on it as well, later on in the broadcast, what has occurred in Sweden with the latest election results, but it's insanity what the West is going through, and it's artificially created, and it's something that can be fixed very easily. Well, here's here's an interesting question. Here you have the foreign minister of Germany, uh, Annalena Baerbock, who's now being called Annalena Airhead, and that's some of the more kind comments about Another her. green genius, Harley. Well, she made the comment that we're going to continue, that is, Germany is going to continue to provide arms and aid to Ukraine until this war is won, mm -hmm. no matter what my German voters think. Now, she supposedly represents the democratic part of the world against the autocratic part of the world. Sure. Imagine if Putin said something like that. Ah, the, 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 the Western newspapers and the sycophants will be all over it. Well, and she got a complete pass for that. Uh, her sidekick, the Green Economics Minister Habeck, was uh, greeted by some angry bakers who talked about how they can't afford to keep the bakeries open because of the cost of uh, flour and, and the baking ingredients and also now the cost of electricity. Maybe they're trying mm -hmm. to advocate that the Germans eat toilet paper. Well, I don't think they can produce toilet paper because all the wood's Darn. going in to heat the houses. That's true. <laughs> but what, what Habeck said to them is, well, then maybe you just have to shut down for a little while. And they looked at him and said, do you have any idea what it means to shut down a bakery oven? No, because Habeck never worked a real job in his life. So he has no clue. He's a, he's a, he's a moron who spent his, uh, his life in, in the far-flung reaches of academia. You know, I had one encounter with him at an event uh, where he was speaking before a group of progressives at a meeting in Berlin. And he someone asked him, well, someone asked him, uh, how did Trump get elected? And he said he doesn't really know. And so I said, well, a lot of people were fed up with the Hillary Clintons and others. And I said, you'd be surprised. Trump got a lot of votes from uh, industrial workers. And Habeck said, that is a lie. That is not true. No union worker would ever vote for Trump. And one of the leaders of the German trade union movement said, well, as a matter of fact, Robert, you're wrong. Trump did get support from union, Lots from union reason. workers. So he's, he's out of touch, uh, to, to put it mildly. But it's not just out of touch. They're ideologues. No, they are. They're, they're, they're yeah. the worst kind of ideologues because they're, they're, they're ideologues and they're idiots. They're really stupid because they do nothing but spend time within their own echo chambers. It's the most dangerous thing that could ever happen to a leader, quote unquote. And their echo chambers are quite nicely provisioned with uh, wine and uh, heat and, and so on. You know, the Greens are among the wealthiest people and they're the ones who are promoting the idea of electric cars. And you saw what happened with Gavin Newsom's California. You outlaw the internal combustion engine and then yep. you find out you don't have an elec enough electricity to recharge the batteries of electric cars. Yep. You know, so, one of the things, Harley, is that um, I'm more bullish at right now on the future of inter internal combustion engines than at any other point before. As somebody who is a lifelong gearhead, somebody who takes the time to study the car industry and seeing what you know car companies in Asia are doing, they're not all about being full electric. They're like, yeah, we're not so sure. 
and even seeing what the Italian car companies are doing, seeing what the German car companies, particularly BMW, the Zant family that's privately owns BMW, uh, they're like, hey, you know, we're not so for this. They're looking at the hydrogen. They're looking into hybridization. They're looking at making more efficient catalytic converters, things of that sort. This whole green, you're right. The only people that want this green nonsense are the idiots that could afford a green nonsense. Well, and, you know, they are idiots in that their plans not only won't work, but will destroy German economy, the the other economies of Europe. But they don't care. That's their agenda. Their agenda is to deindustrialize and depopulate the planet. And this is somewhat hard for some people to get, but it, it absolutely is clear. If you listen to them talk in their private meetings, they're happy. They think this situation in Europe now gives them the opportunity to do what they've wanted to do for a long time, yes, which is shut Gaia. down industrial production, shut down agricultural production. Yes, because we have to save Gaia. Well, I wonder if Annalena Baerbach is serving fried grasshoppers to her kids. No, she's not. She, she won't risk the parasites that are on there. No, she's, <laughs> she's giving her kids grass-fed, grass-finished beef imported most likely from Australia or Argentina or even the U.S. Well, and so what we have is not only hypocrisy and lying and corruption, but the, the, the incitement to murder. This hit list, the hit list of the Ukrainian Committee to Combat Disinformation, uh, includes well, you're a, a proud member of it, Harley. You're a proud member of that list. I am, along with people like Senator Rand Paul, yeah. uh, he, Scott Ritter, uh, Tulsi Gabbard. Jesus. Uh, many Can you imagine any agency that linked to any country that has a hit list and has elected officials of the United States government on it? Why is not this being taken down? Why is not these idiots who put up this this website being brought to justice? It's it, it's incredible well, to me. Bigger question: Why is no one has no one heard of it in the United States? And here's the other interesting point: the U.S. government, the State Department, is in the center of this, involved in the planning. On September first and second, there was a planning committee held by the Committee to Combat Disinformation where the head of this, Shapovalov, a a Ukrainian Nazi, argued that the the designation of people who are against Ukraine should be information terrorists. That is, I and the others on this list are called information terrorists. This should be included as a war crime under the United Nations. And people who are information terrorists should be subject to the full penalties under the law, which include death penalty. In other words, if you disagree with the policy of NATO, then you're not only considered a Putin agent, but you should be put to death. And there have been people on this list who have been put to death. Yes, they have. Which is Daria Daria Dugina, right? So we're talking about something which the State Department is funding. They're participating in at their September 1st and 2nd meeting. There were 24 nations, all NATO nations who were participating And not one of them stood up and said, you're talking about killing people who disagree with you. Isn't that a chilling effect on democracy? They love it. They, 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 they froth at the mouth. They shiver in ecstasy at the, at the mention of being able to kill their opponents. Harley. It's amazing to me. It's amazing to me. I've never seen such a gathering of mice trying to roar against lions. Now, the other thing that's not being covered at all, 
is the developments in Asia around just recently the Far East Economic Conference in Vladivostok, where you had a number of countries that are supposedly U.S. allies, including Vietnam, India, uh, Thailand, that met with Putin and Xi Jinping and laid out a perspective for the prospect of using local and regional currency blocks for trading. In other words, breaking with the dollar. On Saturday, there was a meeting of the BRICS countries where they accepted the, the request for membership from Argentina. And the BRICS will soon be known as BRICS Plus, which will include likely countries such as Indonesia and Egypt. And Saudi Arabia is looking to be a part of it as well. Yeah. And what, what are they, why are they doing that? Because they see the Western economy as collapsing. It's not just the effects of sanctions. It's the green policy. It's the cutting off investment in physical production, which is part of this was Prince Charles' big thing as part of the Davos crowd. Uh, this was laid out at the Jackson Hole, Wyoming Federal Reserve Conference uh, three years ago. It was reiterated at the conference last month. Uh, this is what Klaus Schwab is talking about. And this all goes back. This is not just the World Economic Forum. This goes back to the Trilateral Commission Plan of the 1970s called Controlled Disintegration. Yeah, They've been at this for a long time, and it's an attempt to consolidate the empire's control over the financing of nations, of economic policy, and centralizing it in the hands of technocrats working for central banks, which work for private banks. Uh, again, on some people have heard this before. The Federal Reserve is not a federal agency. Uh, its member banks are owned by private banks. And the, the worst of these is the New York Fed, which is completely owned from the top down by J.P. Morgan Chase, Citibank, right. Wells Fargo, Bank of America. And they're the ones that created trillions of dollars of funny money to bail out themselves, the, the junk bonds, the, yep. the derivatives markets and so on. Now, all of this is going to melt down. And now you're, you're hearing a lot of discussion on Wall Street. Well, what do we do when it melts down? And they're talking about a new bailout coming out with a private public fund of trillions of dollars for the Green New Deal. And the other part of it is the war. As long as you just send weapons into a vacuum, uh, the military industrial complex makes money. And, it, and that's not just Lockheed and Raytheon. Uh, that's BlackRock. That's Vanguard. Sure. These are the companies that are funding the war. They're the companies that are moving into Ukraine and taking advantage of Zelensky's privatization of farmland. Some of the best agricultural land in the world has been bought up now, not just in the United States, but now in Ukraine by Vanguard, BlackRock, Continental, Cargill, the grain cartels, and so on. So we're seeing a, a consolidation of the corporate cartels. That's what King Charles III is all about. That's what the European Union is all about. And I don't think it's going to hold up. I, I think the vote in Sweden, which you mentioned, showed that, you know, I'm not a big fan necessarily of the, the Democratic Party of Sweden, but it shows that the people were not happy with the decision to rush into NATO. They weren't allowed to vote on it. Where's this democracy? You can't vote on whether your country joins a military alliance. Same thing in Finland. There was no vote. Uh, there, there's growing anger in Europe, and we're going to see farmers in the streets. We're going to see, uh, I think, as soon as the 
the six-month mourning period or however long they're going to extend it in Great Britain. As soon as that's over, I think you're going to see angry people out in the street protesting. Yeah, absolutely. 100%. Harley, the Swedish election, what's your take? Well, I think it's what I just said, that you have a, a growing opposition to this rule by decree of the so-called rules-based order. Mm. And in Sweden, which generally has a pretty good standard of living, you know, certainly, you know, the people are generally well off, but they're angry that they have no say in anything. And the Social Democratic Party, which is still the largest party, is going to have a very difficult time keeping a coalition government together. And you may have a what's called a center-right coalition. This is anti-NATO, anti-European Union. I think the same thing will come out of the Italian elections later this month. Yeah. None of these parties are particularly good with solutions. That's why we have to be out there fighting. But they do reflect the anger at the establishment. Right. Same as in the United States, where Biden goes on television and says half of Americans are semi-fascists and, and terrorists. Right. When who is it that's it's arming the, the fascists in Ukraine? It's not MAGA. Yeah. Unbelievable. So I think the, the Sweden thing is another example of, of turbulence that's coming. Uh, I'm, I'm just hoping that in Germany, when people hear what Annalena Baerbock said about not really caring about what her German voters think, maybe someone will, some of them will say, well, you'd better start caring because we're coming after you. Yeah. And I, I think the coalition has been weakened by this and we'll see what happens. But I, I'm, I'm hopeful that people will not sleepwalk into a new dark age. What do you think the, the take is here with uh, Russia pulling back some of the operations? Uh, there's a lot of uh, um, uh, speculation that is swirling about. I, I, for one, know it's not because they're retreating because they're afraid of Ukraine. That's obviously not, not it. What do you th- are we seeing a preparation for a greater operation here or something uh, else? Uh, it may, it yeah. may be. Some Russian commentators are a little nervous, but they're also saying that there's a possibility that this was a planned attempt to draw the Ukrainian troops beyond their supply lines and then mm. cut them off. We'll see. You know, it takes it, it's very difficult to know in a war situation, especially when Ukraine makes sure that there are no correspondents that are allowed to report from the front lines. Sure. And when anything the Russians say is taken as Putin propaganda. Exactly. Very well said. The, the, I, I've got to run. I've got yep. a, a appointment now. I'm happy to be with you. And uh, people should go to the SchillerInstitute.com to see the press conference we had on September 7th with uh, Scott Ritter, uh, a number of people, yeah. uh, Colonel Richard Black, mm. talking about shutting down this uh, the, these disinformation agencies out of Ukraine, which are really assassination bureaus. Absolutely. Harley, thank you so much, folks. Go check them out, theschillerinstitute.com, theschillerinstitute.com, and larouchepack.com. Harley, thank you so much for joining us. He is the most one of the most wanted men in Ukraine, Harley Schlanger. Thank you again. Cheers to you, and be safe. God bless you. All right, good stuff.